How you doing? Welcome to episode 51, star-crossed number in Pirates history for sure, of the Yin's Above Replacement Podcast. 51 was worn by Doug Froebel, a big Canadian outfielder who was not really what he was supposed to be. Ray Kionis, Tony Womack, Rich Zell, Stevie Pierce, who just retired after a really good career, but none of that happening here in Pittsburgh. Wandy Rodriguez, Pedro Floriamon, the Mr. Frequent Flyer Mile, Tyler Glasnow, remember him, and Johnny Barbado, among others. I am Rod Beertown, for I did not wear 51, and I cover the Pirates for the Athletic in Pittsburgh, and I am joined by the inquisitive <laughs> Stephen J. Nesbitt. I'm giving this one... Uh, number 51 to Tyler Glass now, if only because it is deeply appropriate with the content <laughs> subject matter today. We are talking through the Pirates fan satisfaction survey that I put out last week, uh, put a big call out for fans to fill out this survey. I think it was, you know, 35, 40 questions long. We got 1,117 people coming back, a lot of fiery takes, uh, most of them very fiery. <laughs> And we're going to walk through some of those. I know, um, you know, you can hear this podcast for free. I know not everyone wants to subscribe right now. So this is a way for you to hear some of those, uh, hear some of those responses. And it, uh, yeah, you might just want to subscribe and read the whole thing because it's, it's, uh, man, it is, it is some of the better takes I've heard in, in quite some time. So we will jump right in. I, I do have to say my, my wife is a, is a data scientist and she would tell me that this survey is like, you know, not statistically significant and things like that. You know what? There's no no sports happening right now. I did my best, um, and I think people had fun with that anyway. So you data scientists can just go crawl back into your cave. So Rob, well, let's. I'm, I'm I apologize. I hope bringing it, man. I hope she doesn't listen. <laughs> All right. So here's here's the first question, and it is a it's a pretty good one. What is your excitement level for the Pirates in the year 2020? Uh, the majority of our answers were clustered in the not so excited side of things. Um, it was yeah. rank at one through five. The largest answer we had, or the most common answer, was a two out of five. That's 32%. Um, and then the second most common was three, uh, which is kind of the so-so. And that was 25% of people. So the way I look at that, I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic. No, no baseball is not happening. Uh, people weren't real excited for this season anyway. Uh, kind of makes sense. Um and I think what maybe surprised me more than the low end was the high end. Uh, I thought there would be even less fours and fives. And there was a decent number. I think we had you know, 20% of people answering were at least a four or a five, which tells me that some people think that maybe better days are ahead. Or maybe it's just people who are excited for baseball just to have baseball because yeah. there's nothing right now. So maybe yeah. actually more more people are, are slightly more excited, even though if they think, well, the team might suck, might suck, but it'll be baseball. Yeah. So, question uh, number two: How many Pirates home games did you attend last season? I know for you and I, that number is that was a um, lot. Yeah, it's twenty one plus, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but we had uh, the majority of our um, our most common answer: forty three percent said that they were at zero, forty one percent said one to five, which. I think it makes sense. There are going to be a lot of people answering who are from out of town who just don't have a chance yeah. to go to games. And yeah. uh, then, you know, families can go to one to five games. But that's, you know, going to one game a year versus going to six is a pretty big jump, I think, or versus going to 11 of them. So 
that number made made sense to me. Although I did have some people in the Pirates reaching out and <laughs> yesterday and saying these don't seem like those are the real fans if they're not coming to all that many games. And there are a lot of ways you can respond to that. But I will I will just let the, let that answer sit. Um, after that, how many Pirates games do you listen or watch on the uh, or listen to on the radio or watch on TV per season? Majority of people here. Um, did say, sorry, I keep saying majority, it's not the majority. The most common answer, 32.5%, was 0 to 40. Uh, second most common answer was 81 to 120. And I figured there would be a lot more in that sort of 80 range. Um, people who sit at home and watch most games in a passing interest. I didn't expect that there are a whole lot of fans out there who are not watching hardly any of them or listening to hardly any of them. And so the 0 to 40 did surprise me a little bit. See, I don't, I don't know. I've always gone back and forth on that because uh, I know the Pirates, you know, generally have strong ratings here in Pittsburgh uh, on, on the local cable outlets and whatnot. But I've always wondered: is that a, just a, is it? A, I mean, is it a situation where it's it, it's on in the bar or yeah. just on in the living room on a, on a summer evening while you're sitting there, maybe doing a Sudoku or something, and and you have that on for background noise? Um, or if you're doing a barbecue, do you, you know? Because I'll do that a lot. I'll have right. if I'm not covering the game. Um, so I think, you know, it's, yeah, it, I guess it, it depends if you, if you really want to, you know, dive deeper into those numbers, you know, are you, are you watching the game or are sure. you watching the game? And I think the numbers there would be an interesting break as well. Right. Yeah. The, the way that question was asked may be, um, you know, eliminating some of the answers. This may be people mm-hmm. who are saying, these are the number of games I watched start to finish. Uh, mm-hmm. Sit down and watch the whole thing or listen to the whole thing. Uh, what is the primary way you follow Pirates games? Um, I can truly say the majority this time, 54% did say cable or satellite as to, uh, as expected. Uh, second most common answer was um, 29.1% said streaming service. I thought that was interesting, huh. whether that's MLB TV, whether that's you know YouTube TV, um, uh, Hulu, all of those things. Uh, mm-hmm. Followed by radio, then social media, then online, and then uh, 1.9% is people saying, I watch most of them in person at the ballpark. In the past five years, Rob, your interest in the Pirates has, now before I give the answers, five years ago, we were at the start of uh, what would be the third consecutive playoff season. It ended right. sadly and, and swiftly, and things have <laughs> things have gone not great since that point five years ago, so... You might uh, you might be guessing where this one goes. Uh, one to five, your interest in the Pirates has. We are. It is a pretty steady graph going from um, a lot of people decreasing fan interest and very few people increasing. Let's see, most popular answer one, thirty five point seven percent people strongly decreased, greatly decreased their interest. Uh, next is twenty four point eight percent. Is that three people kind of staying stagnant? Uh, and then we have the third most common is 8 to 23.6. Again, this is all much easier if you just look at the graph. Go to theathletic.com. Check out the Pirates page. It's on there. Um, so I think that's that's to be expected and sort of self-explanatory, I think. And, and I do think, Rob, that it's almost inevitable that uh, if you lose after a big surge in fan – I mean, this is 2015. We're talking about the peak of where the Pirates fan interest had been since the 90s. And they had a ton of momentum, and I don't think that they – capitalize well enough to hold on to all those fans and so i think it's inevitable you're going to see some of that some of that drop i think yeah i think there's a lot of things that go into that too just even beyond just the fact that the you know the the record has gone from you know a wild card qualifier to that of you know three out of four years under 500 i think a lot of people were turned off 
by just kind of the 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 aura that maybe the front office was putting out, you know, and I think we we would see that certainly at Pirates Fest and those the people at Pirates Fest are are kind of a good bellwether in some ways because they're they're really the diehards. Those are the people who have season tickets. Those are the people that come to five, ten, twenty games a year. Um, and when you see their mood, their attitude, you know, it's I think it's it's a good indication of where things are going. And you did see anger. You know, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing that always struck me, you know, was, was just outright, and it, it kind of, you know, when, when obviously in 13, 14, 15, it was more like, hey, happy days are here again, roll off the barrel. Yeah. But when you took those three years aside, it was just back to default, which was anger. And I think you do that, and, and, you know, it, I think it kind of came to a head when you had Neil Huntington saying that, you know, I'm, Working, I'm going to work not to be offended by your question. And for me, that was a tipping point. Uh, <laughs> when your general manager basically says to your fan, buzz off. Um, you know, he was getting tired of it and, and rightly so. He'd been the topic of derision for a while and you, you got to figure, you know, things were mm-hmm. going to change one way or the other. And I think that yeah, the interest has gone down, but I think the passions, the, the emotions around it probably have not subsided. Yeah, yeah. And here's where we get into the meteor things. This is where people had some short answers, some very long answers, uh, where you basically could plug in whatever you felt. Here, I tried to leave these questions as even as possible. How would you describe the state of the pirates? We had one very funny person respond, Pennsylvania. And the rest of them had <laughs> some stronger takes. So I, I, pulled down, the most, other words. I pulled the most commonly used phrases. Uh, anything over 20 usages I, I tossed in the in the recap. Uh, we have variations of rebuild, sad, hopeful, pathetic, in transition, embarrassing, poor, hopeless, cheap, and dumpster fire, as mm. you might expect. Uh, I want to jump through a couple more of these that I didn't publish but are, but are in this massive Google Doc that I have. Um, I want to first appreciate the people that use the pirate ship metaphor. So there are four of those. Let's go through those. A ship that has found its rudder. The ship was lost at sea. There was mutiny on board. Now the captain in place has plotted a course for his crew. So that's pretty positive. Next one. A ship without a legit capitan. Okay. Uh. Less positive. Um, And a sinking ship. Okay. Not Mm. good. I feel like it's a pirate ship out on the open seas and Captain Nutting has no sense of direction. And one last one. Sinking ship. So we have two sinking ships. Um, so those are, you know, pretty well we <laughs> recognized. Um, we have a face palm emoji answer. We have a puke <laughs> emoji answer. We have a black hole, a hot mess, a, an expletive mess, a regular mess. We have uh, a more positive one. Actually following the Rays and A's model because those teams also had three winning seasons in periods of downtime without trying to rebuild. But the media refuses to acknowledge that. Uh, so, damn media. So that's where you, yeah, I want to. Interesting. Not that, being uh, fair. Not being fair. What, interesting that one person described Nutting as the captain. I wasn't sure I would say Captain Nutting. I would I would think maybe Bob Nutting is more like uh, uh, Joseph Bruce Ismay, who was the CEO of the White Star Line, uh, which owned the Titanic. Mm. And actually, if I, if I remember correctly, Ismay was on the ship when it sank, wasn't he? I, I have um, no idea. You know, you, going back to before you were born. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But, okay, just a um, couple, couple more, a couple more. More frustrating than ever, but at least now they seem to be on the right track after an offseason that saw a lot of the correct hires, on paper, at least. Mm. So, I mean, they're, you know, it's not like everyone is, is hopeless here. There are some right. people with some, some thoughtful answers, and, and uh, we have uh, Cluster, we have Cluster Bunny, and we have Cluster F dash dash dash. So we have, uh, and then a bunch of cautiously optimistics. And here we go. Let's end on this one. Awful. It's like they try. They try to be awful at everything. They are the Browns of Major League Baseball. Wow. That's 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 not a compliment, Rob. No. Even if the Browns had those snazzy new uniforms that look pretty much exactly like their snazzy old uniforms, mm. but that's hmm. another story. It's a new age, and it looks like the old one. <laughs> Next Brown. question. Next question. How would you rate owner Bob Nutting's performance? Uh, one to five, least to most, poor to excellent. This one was, was pretty decisive. It was, yeah. um, 71% of people gave him a one, 21 gave him a two, five gave him a three, 0.9% gave him a four, 0.3% gave him a five. That is three people who voted that Bob Nutting has received an excellent rating as the Pirates owner. Uh, two of them uh, were serious. One of them, as I mentioned, was the Pennsylvania answer, and that person did not appear to be terribly serious. Uh, they picked their future opening day starter, Cy Young, and MVP as Matt Ackleman, who is, unless you follow the Indy Indians, you probably don't know him. He's, he's a 26-year-old he's right-hander with the Indians. So... Apparently he's the future, and we should probably be writing about this guy a whole lot more. So anyway, Matt, Matt Alcaman, we received your ballot, and we thank you for for sending that in. <laughs> <clears throat> now to, to to elaborate on that, we have how would you describe your feelings on Bob Nutting? Some of the more frequently used answers: cheap, sell the team, spend, businessman, worst owner, bad, frustrated, and hate. So it was again, it was a, this was a tough slog to go through all of this because. No, people don't have a lot of nice things to say about Bob Nutting. Now, some do, and in general, the ones that are saying some nice things say we have to acknowledge what they were able to do earlier this this era, um, earlier the, this past decade. He, he did spend a little bit more when they needed it. Uh, it seemed like he had an opportunity to go even further after 2015, and he did not. And so we receive answers like this. Not willing to spend more than cheap, but you get the idea. He takes more heat than he deserves, but he's not doing himself any favors. Another one, a leech on the city of Pittsburgh and Pirates fans. Another one, anyone in his seat is looked upon negatively, always has been. He's a very charitable person who I really feel wants to win. It was under his ownership that the losing streak stopped and playoff returned for three straight years. Seems like there's a new direction and a new plan. I have faith. That person might be alone. Um... Baseball is a business. He's trying to make money, not win pennants. I, I wonder if he actually realizes how disliked he is by the fans. He knows we're unhappy, but does he know how much of that is directed at him? Which I think is actually a really good question, Rob. Um, I think Pirates fans are very upset, and I think Bob Nunning would realize that. I do wonder, and we never really get this answer from him, um, yeah. You know, if you gave him truth serum... Um, and just ask Bob, like, how much does this impact you? Do you how how much how deeply do you care that people have such a deep distrust of you? Um, and what are you going to do to fix it? You know, I think it would be an interesting answer, right? <laughs> yeah, it's something that yeah, we've I've you know I've thrown it at him a couple of times. I'm sure you have. And yeah, you're right. There's never 
there's never a kind of a straight yes or no. Um, you always talk about appreciating it. And, and I can understand his position. He doesn't want to say something that's going to piss people off. Sure. Maybe even more. But um, I think maybe the one thing that, you know, that, that maybe people aren't getting and haven't gotten for, for years, and this is beyond just maybe the nutty regime, is just a little bit more frankness and, and honesty yeah. at times. And I think people would appreciate that. There's, you know, that may not change their feelings in some ways, but at least it would kind of change their orientation maybe or give them a better, you know, appreciation of maybe where, you know, where he's coming from. But at, at the same time, yeah, I mean, it's not just in Pittsburgh either. I've talked to, you know, I talked to people in other markets, uh, who work for clubs, who cover other teams, who play for other teams. And, you know, the feeling is just, you know, that general, you guys got a bad owner there. So take that yeah. for what it's worth. So I, I want to be clear here that the heavy, heavy majority of, of answers are not nice. And a lot of them are not, um, are not really suitable for publishing even on our, you know, our website. We're a little more liberal with our willingness to, to put expletives in and, and all that. Um, mm-hmm. There are some people that self-censor themselves and we appreciate them for that. I will do a couple of more. I'm trying to get a diversity of, of answers. So we do get some positive, some negative. Um, does not connect with fans, does not spend, did some good things and had some goodwill going through 2015 and flat out blew it. May have gotten too much scrutiny up to that point, but now he deserves every bit of it. He is a, next answer, fall guy for MLB's revenue structure. Pirates are near last in revenues per MLB and payroll reflects that. Following the Pirates had been one of the great passions of my life, says the next answer. I have been a fan for over 40 years. Bob Nutting is the primary reason why that passion is on life support right now. <laughs> and let's go with one last one. You can tell him in the F's. For some godforsaken reason, I'm still hopeful at some point he'll see the light and try to shell some money to build a winning baseball team. But that is probably because I know he's going to be the owner forever. So what other choice do I have other than to be hopeful? I think he could do more. I'm not asking him to have the top payroll in the league, but I want an owner who is willing to risk losing some money at this at some point to make a run at this thing. And I'm not sure he has. So... That's what, sort of the, the the gist of what we're getting on Bob Nutting. The whole lot more here. If uh, you know, if, if if Bob would like to read the rest of the answers, then then I'll. Uh, <laughs> well, put, I don't put think, together I mean, a package for him. The the people that use you know the word hate, I think that's carrying it too far. I mean, this is a guy who owns the the baseball team that you follow, and you know that, that can provoke emotions, disappointment, or even anger and frustration. But hatred, that's just I don't know. I've, and 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 in fairness too, I think to Bob, he, he, you know, like I said in the past, I think he wants to win, but it, it is on his terms. And yeah. he has, you know, he has his model, he has his plan, and that's kind of the way it is. And there's, you know, no, no rule in the city, no law in the city charter or anything that says that you know you have to run the the Pittsburgh Pirates in this fashion or form. And I know some people think it is their team and not his, but he did pay for that team. He owns the team. It is his money, his personal fortune, and yes, personal reputation that is on the line. And I don't think he's necessarily going to do things that he perceives as wasteful money-wise, or he. I don't think he's going to intentionally do things that are going to make people, quote-unquote, hate him. So, you know, I can understand people's frustration but at the end of the day, it's a ball game. It's, it's you know, wow. Let's uh, deep breaths. 
Yeah, and you had some of the some people saying stuff like that. Majority, I think, are just so heated at this moment in time that um, you're right to that to the extent that he is not a super. He doesn't seem like a very reactionary guy. It seems like he has his plan. He has his uh, his roadmap to success, and and you know wherever we are on that map, we'll, we'll figure out down the road. But um, yeah, so very interesting answers, very definitive uh, thoughts. Um, again, this is only a, a segment of the fan base, but I know it is a pretty resounding and loud segment of that fan base. So we'll see how that changes and, and how different the answers will be year to year. Because if I asked that question five years ago, it wouldn't nearly have been so negative. So we'll keep following this. We'll keep doing this every year and, and seeing uh, what changes happen. So moving on, was Bob Nutting cleaning house this offseason the right move for the organization? Uh, this one, 91.8% of people said, yes, it was the right move. 8.2% uh, said, no, it was not the right move. Uh, Pirates fans are ready to move on. Um, you know, thanks, tip of the cap to Neil Huntington and, and uh, Clint Hurdle for what they did, but it was time to move on. I think uh, basically everybody, uh, almost everyone, uh, agrees with that, and I, and I think that's a pretty good read on the situation. Next one, what do you think a realistic payroll for the Pirates should be in 2020? This one surprised me, Rob, because I had given people the option, um, six different options, uh, five different options, uh, in the 70s millions, in the 80 millions, in the 90 millions, in the 100 millions, 100 to 110, or 111 plus million. I thought, based on everything I hear from fans nonstop, they would all just smash that 111 plus and be like, we should be up there with, with everybody else, the Phillies and, and, and everybody, you know, and, and I hear that so frequently that I thought the answers would be heavily skewed in that direction. And that actually was the second least common answer. Uh, in order of most common answers, we have uh, payroll in the 90s, payroll in the 100s, payroll in the 80s, payroll in the 111 pluses, or payroll in the 70s, which is where it currently sits. So that clearly is not a very popular one. Um, but what I thought was interesting was Pirates fans aren't asking Bob Nutting to do something he's never done. He's asking him to do something he did a handful of years ago, right? Where he was willing to go in the 80s and 90s and, and, and invest a little bit more in some more expensive players and veterans at a time when it was needed, right? Did that, did that surprise you at all? Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I was looking at that too and it, it's hard to try to put, you know, I was, I was thinking how I would have answered that question and, and it's hard to put a number out of the air like that without really sitting down and looking at, at, at the team and, and its needs and what, you know, what players are worth on the market and things like that. But at, at the same time, what you said there makes a lot of sense to me that they're not asking him to do something that was, you know, has never happened in Pirates history. I think, I don't think it's unreasonable to ask for a, a big league payroll that is at least close to the the league average, yeah, you know, if you, uh, to be, you know, tens of millions of dollars below the league average is, you know, unfathomable in, in, in a lot of ways. And yes, I understand that they have younger players and those guys are going to be less expensive. But I think we saw the past couple of years, you know, when you, you can have younger players, but you, you, there's still things you need. You need a presence. You need Someone who can, who can be a leader on and off the field. And they haven't had yeah. that. And if you don't, if you're always looking bottom line, a lot of times you, you don't get that and you don't get chemistry and you don't get intangibles and you just can't create intangibles. I think the way that Clint Hurdle wanted to 
by, you know, with, with speeches and rah-rah and, and, and whatnot. Yeah. It, 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 there's just has to be a spark and they never created the conditions. You can create conditions for, for the intangibles, but you, you can't kind of pull them out of thin air. And I don't even think they gave themselves a chance to have those in the first place. Um, just by, because they were putting the team together with a formula that wasn't building a team per se. Yeah. Um, yeah. so what does that mean, you know, dollars and cents wise? You know, I don't think it's unreasonable for people to expect, you know, a 90 to $100 million payroll in this day and age of Major League Baseball. That's the platform that big league teams play in. That's, you know, those, those are the rules of the game. You know that when you buy a major league club, that this is what teams do and this is how much they spend generally and whatnot. So it's not like this should be a surprise to him. But at the same time, you're, you know, you're, by doing that, you're asking him to almost double his current payroll. And that's pretty sad if your fans say, you know, just to get us to a point of near respectability in terms of, you know, or, you know, commonality with other clubs, you have to double what you're doing now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I know. I've, I'm, I I hear you on that one uh, for sure and definitely hear, hear the fans' perspective. You're right. There's a little bit of a divide between like what actually makes sense for this team and where do I think this payroll should be in general at this point in time mm-hmm. in this era. Okay, let's buzz through the next one. Pretty, pretty simple one. Uh, favorite current Pirates player we have in first place, Josh Bell. Second place, close behind, Brian Reynolds. You may have heard of him. And then a bit of a gap. And then you have Javinson Tyone, Joe Musgrove, Trevor Williams. After that, we had uh, writing candidates. Uh, Potato Peak got two votes, and I thought that was a good answer. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Who is your all-time favorite Pirates player? This one surprised me, and then I thought about it, and it didn't surprise me. Uh, first place, <laughs> Mr. Andrew, nicknamed Drew McCutcheon. 34% of the vote, six percentage points behind Mr. Roberto Clemente. That surprised me because, well, if you asked anybody around the league the most – famous, influential, important Pirates player ever, it's Clemente, and that's, you know, well-deserved. He has one of the most beloved legacies in, in baseball. And I figured that it would he would he would run away with this one, but um, I, I guess this just says that our audience skews younger, right? We're, we're an online uh, enterprise, and we are uh, – our audience is simply just going to be more 20s and 30s and 40-year-old people, people who never saw Clemente play. So – I will give you the rest of the list, and then I'll let you respond. After Clemente goes, Willie Stargell, Barry Bonds, Andy Vance, like Honus Wagner, and Bill Mazeroski, and then a bunch of other ones. I, I listed that got a couple of votes. Uh, what did you What did you think about the cuts versus Clemente? I, I just keep hearing everybody screaming "Okay, Boomer" at me. <laughs> I look at that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I probably, if I had to list my, you know, my, my all time list is, a, is speaking as a 54 year old guy who's been following the pirates since, you know, the, the early seventies. Um, my list would probably have included Hannes and, and, and Clemente one, two. Yeah. Uh, I never, and I never did see, I, you know, I never saw Hannes Wagner play, but I, you know, knew enough and I've read enough and, and, you know, whatnot about him that, uh, he would be the guy for me that would be the the guy that I would if I you know could see him again in his prime. That's the guy who I'd like to see. That being said, my earliest memory of Pirates baseball is Clemente going to a game on Ladies' Day. Not that I was, but my grandmother and and mom <laughs> took me to the game because they got in for like half price or whatever at Three Rivers Stadium, and it was a game against the Atlanta Braves. I must have been six years old, maybe I don't know. It was young. I don't remember 
a lot of specifics from the game, but I do remember just coming out of there and feeling that Clemente had just beaten the hell out of the Atlanta Braves that afternoon. I, I got, I was allowed to get two souvenirs at the stand on the way out of the ballpark, and I got two things. One, uh, they used to sell these packets of like eight by ten photos, and I got one that had uh, Clemente. And I don't know, like Luke Walker, maybe, or somebody else like that. Yeah. It, but I wanted, I wanted the, the Clemente photo specifically, and I put it in a little frame and all that. And the other thing I got, and this is kind of weird, but I still have it, is a wool uh, felt, whatever they used back then, Atlanta Braves pennant. Because I felt so bad for the Braves, because Clemente had just manhandled them that afternoon. So... um <laughs> You know, yeah. So for me, yeah, I'm much more. I skew older. That's sure. That's for sure. But yeah. I can appreciate where people are coming from. I mean, McCutcheon really was. You know, you, you, you talk about faces of the franchise, and he really was. He fulfilled that in a lot of ways because right. of his personality, the performance, the fact that he was a homegrown player. You know, uh, you know, one of my rules covering this team, and it, and it still stands now, is you can never write too much about Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah, and even now he's on his what third team since leaving the Pirates. Uh, you can still not write too much about Andrew. I got an email late last night from Playboy. <laughs> now hold on, <laughs> tell me and more. It was, it was uh, saying the fact. I guess Andrew uh, wrote a, a column for them in which he says why he misses baseball and will baseball be back. And Playboy just wanted to let me know that it was out there. And if I wanted to uh, to give it a read, they would include a, a, a clip. So I'm reading it just for the articles. Um, yeah, I want so I wanted to be on the record here that I'm searching Playboy Andrew McCutcheon, and that is the reason why it's going to be coming up on my <laughs> search history <laughs> there you go. here. So I skimmed the story last night, and uh, you know, it was kind of what we've, we've seen from McCutcheon when he's written for the Players Tribune and yeah. kind of other things in the past. It kind of you know. You know, yay baseball can't wait to get back, uh, but uh, can't say if I'm can't put a percentage on how healthy I am. Do you remember he had uh, what was it knee surgery? Right, was that what it was? Uh, yeah, I think it was so. ACL. Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. All right, Rob. But he's a Philly now, so back to, with him. We gotta get back to the back to the survey here. Okay, what uh, Pirates prospect are you most excited about? Uh, two runaway candidates here are Key Brian Hayes and O'Neill Cruz. Is second. Uh, big drop, Mitch Keller, Travis Swaggerty, Quinn Priester. How closely do you follow the Pirates prospects and minor league affiliates? This one I thought was interesting because um, we had a majority, almost tie ball game between threes and fours. People who had eh, medium interest, average interest, and people who are, you know, slightly interested. And then, um, you know, kind of equal twos and fives too. So basically what they're saying is at least – you know, 70% of, of, of fans here surveyed have a passing interest in tracking prospects. I think that makes sense at this time when you may not be watching that many games, you may not be coming to the ballpark that many times, but you're excited for the future because when your team's not great, that's the best thing you have is the future. So that one um, I thought made, you know, was pretty intuitive. So moving on, how confident are you in the new Pirates front office? We have 43% of people saying a three. Uh, then second most common answer was a four, 25.9% of people. I think that that makes sense. There's a little bit of optimism, but most of them are just saying, I haven't seen any, you know, I haven't seen them do anything yet. So I'm going to stick with a three. I'm going to sit right in the middle there. How do you think GM Ben Charrington should proceed? And 
this is an interesting one, Rob, because I the four options I gave to choose from was one, tear it all down and go for a full rebuild. Two, try for a two-year rebuild. Three, hold on to your guys and see what happens. And four, go for it now. And we actually, the answers came back exactly in that order. 43% of people said tear it all down. 37% said try for a quick turnaround rebuild. And 15 said uh, hold on to your guys and see what happens. It feels like they're kind of doing, they're in that mode a little bit right now. Um, I guess getting rid of Marte is a little different, but it feels like they're sort of between a two-year rebuild and a, and a uh, hold on to your guys and see you know if good things happen. But pretty clearly, no one's asking them. Three point one percent of people are asking them to go for it right now. So that's 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 good. So this is where I'm I'm intrigued, Rob, because all offseason Ben Charrington has not been willing to say that they're rebuilding, and it seems to me right here that we're seeing like I can't count, but like eighty percent of fans in this survey at least are saying like I'm telling you, please rebuild. Uh, either for a couple of years or for a bunch of years. So, like, why why are the Pirates afraid of, of, of at least giving a little bit of a heads up that, like, this is where we're headed? I don't, the way I read it, though, I, I think that more than half of the people are kind of in line with what Ben is saying, though. I mean, you look at roughly 38% two-year rebuild, which is kind of what Neil Huntington and crew were, were, were saying they were doing and kind of what they sure. were trying to do. Sure. Is that two year, the windows always open bullshit that they were spewing. Um, or the, or the hold on to your guys and see what happens. I mean, that's, you know, 15% there. Um, which is kind of what Ben has said in some ways. We have a good young core. We're going to, you know, da, da, da. So, you know, so that's, you know, 52% of your, of your respondents saying don't, don't get too drastic. At the same point, yeah, 44% are saying tear it down, burn it down, start anew. Um, I just, you know, it, it seems to me if you're looking for the two-year rebuild or, or the stand pat and just kind of see what happening, where things go, that's kind of where they've been the past dozen, 20, 50 <laughs> years. Yeah. And, you know, that it, it, that's why it kind of strikes me as funny because people say they're angry and there's no hope. And, uh, my gosh, what am I doing? And beat my head against the wall, jumping off the Clemente Bridge. And then what do you want to do? Well, let's just see how it goes. I just, I, you know, if, if I would have expected that the tear it all down number would have been higher. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I would, I, I'd buy that. I would have maybe I, more people would say burn it down and let's go. Maybe calling it a two year rebuild is almost a misnomer. Maybe that's more of a, of a bridge or something different. Um, bridge typically is from success to success. They aren't really at a success point right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, tearing it all down a couple of years ago would have been even better or trying something different. Let's say when you trade Kutch and Cole, at that point, using that as a pivot point would have probably been the, the wise thing to do. But hindsight 2020, um, to the man who made those decisions, my next question is about Mr. Neil Huntington. The following one is about Clint Hurdle. I'm going to keep these one brief because uh, I know this is past history. A lot of people don't care anymore. So I will just give a... One excerpt from each that I think kind of sums up the, the majority of answers. Uh, for Neil Huntington, the most frequently used words or phrases were, <laughs> number one, Chris Archer. Uh, second was handcuffed. Third, fail. Did the best he could. Mediocre. Good job. Tyler Glass now. Austin Meadows. Puppet. Bad trades. And he tried. So there's a, some good, some bad, and then a bunch of names. 
uh, from a certain trade that people seem to have not forgotten, Rob. And so, so the, I will say, here's the, here's the excerpt I picked. A GM who had his time, but it was time for a new direction. Bad trades happen, but the fact that they were as severe, glass now, comma, coal, as they were, GM and H had to go. Not as bad as some made him up to be, and I expect him to land with another franchise in some fashion. And then the fo- I'll give one more. It's the following one. Swinging a whiff times a million on the Archer trade. Because that's generally what we were finding with fans. They said, hey, he had his time. Appreciate what he did. Um, but, like, you just can't forgive those those traits, ultimately. And he was a guy who I, I remember the day that I went on the radio, the day they traded Chris Archer. And I basically said, like, this is a, this is a trade he couldn't, he can't mess up. Same thing with, it felt like the Kutcher and the Cole trades. You can't afford to mess up those trades and you're not going to find out for a little while if you did. And, and I don't know how many trades in MLB history have so quickly come back and been like, nope, you messed up. The very next year, like you got a couple all-stars going the other direction. You got a soaring prospect to the other direction. And Chris Archer just not, you know, he's just being who Chris Archer is at this point in his career. And uh, that one was, it was a uh, pretty, yeah, it didn't take very long to figure out that one was, was a mistake. Um, so to Clint Hurdle. Well, let me this give one, you real quick. Let me give you ahead. one little <clears throat> one little teaser from a story that we have coming up, probably in I think in a couple of three weeks or so. Um, we we talked to some former players, some some former pirates, and I asked one of them specifically about Huntington, and he said I think Neil and his staff did a good job for what they were given to work with, but I also think at times it didn't feel like Neil had the players' backs. Yeah. I felt like when we had chances during the season and he didn't make moves, it kind of told us what he thought about us. Hmm. So chew on that for a while. It's a little teaser, and we'll have more on that <laughs> in a month Yeah, or so. So how do you describe your feelings on Clint Hurdle? This one surprised me how effusive the praise was. I thought it. I thought every goodwill, all goodwill had been burned off by the end, and it it doesn't seem like it really was. It was similar to the Huntington answers without the bad trades. It was more just like, it was great for a while, and then it was time to go, which isn't such a negative way to be viewed in the end. Yeah. Uh, most common words used there, good guy, uh, 112 people used that, good guy, good man, good dude. Uh, good manager, liked him. Uh, right manager at the time, did the best he could, lost the team, mediocre, old school, time to go, and stubborn. I think those are all pretty fair responses. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and here's an except as someone who was born in 1994 and never saw a winning baseball team in Pittsburgh. I have nothing but love and respect for what hurdle gave me as a fan. His stubbornness was a pro and a con depending on the day, but he was the perfect manager for Pittsburgh as a sports city while he was here. I'll always remember the good times with Clint fair. Well, and then I, yeah. and, and, and yeah. then I asked, I asked overall, how do you rate the Huntington and hurdle era? And uh, half of people said it was a three. So I think that's fair. Some good, some bad. Very few people on the extremes um, right. uh, of poor or excellent. So next, what aspect of the Derek Shelton managerial hire intrigues you the most? 31% said what players say about him, which I think is um, has definitely been, for me, the most interesting. We haven't seen Derek Shelton do a whole lot of managing yet. And, of course, this is his first managerial job. But everyone who has ever worked with him says, he, here's why he can do it. And we'll give you a bunch of stories. Followed by 27% his track record with winning teams. The Rays, the Twins, going all the way back. The Blue Jays, he had a good success with their minor league system. His personality, 22%. And then we move on down the list. And you know, some people said simply, like he's a new face. He's not Clint Hurdle. That's what I like about him. 
So who is the Pirates' most important assistant coach? Assistant coach? Uh, Oscar Marine uh, got 66% of the vote, so he ran away with it, and that might not surprise you. 21% went to Rick Eckstein, and then down the list. Um, <laughs> that one just told me people pretty clearly didn't think that Ray Searidge's magic was working anymore, and Oscar has some pretty big, um, I don't know, high expectations, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's an area where the, it's one of the Pirates' biggest needs, and, and it still is, I think, you know, starting pitching especially. The bullpen has been, you know, last year was, well, past couple of years, good at times, bad at times. But the starting pitching just hasn't been to the level where they needed it in the past couple of years. And it, it's an interesting time, too, because in recent drafts, the Pirates, I think you could say, were a little bit more position player centric than they were pitching centric. Yeah. And that is going to catch up with them eventually. So that's a challenge for Ben Charrington, I think, going forward is trying to rebuild pitching, which is, I would think maybe other than the lack of power, clearly the biggest need in this franchise right now is just more reliable starting pitching. And it, it's going to be tough to try to supplement that and build that up. You, you certainly can't do it in a year or two. I think it's going to be a situation where they, they can't go out and buy a guy. So, I mean, you look at the teams in the World Series, you know, the last year or even just in the, in the, in the playoffs in general last year, they all had stud pitchers. They all had yeah. more than one in the rotation. And that's what the Pirates lack. Yep. What kept the Pirates from winning a World Series in the past 10 years? 43% of people said lack of spending, followed by 28% said inability to develop prospects. 16% said Madison Bumgarner and Jake <laughs> Arietta, those wild card heroes. Uh, I thought it was interesting that, uh, that only 2.2% of people said player regression. I agree that I don't think it was necessarily the biggest reason they didn't win a World Series, but it did play a much larger part than I think most, most people like to, um, yeah. accept in the reason that it went downhill so poorly. The reasons that mm-hmm. they had gotten to the playoffs in 13, 14, and 15 and, uh, the, the, a lot of things fell apart. A lot of people regressed. A lot of uh, players that were great at that time uh, weren't great anymore. So I don't think it was all acquisitions and lack of acquisitions. There was definitely some regression in there. Um, and and I don't know if people really give that the, the just do because it's easier to yell about other things. But uh, moving on, it hurts to watch blank excel elsewhere. Who does it hurt to watch be better uh, elsewhere as than they were in Pittsburgh. Tyler Glasnow, 33.5%. The <laughs> honoree in episode 51, Mr. Tyler Glasnow, followed closely by Austin Meadows and then Garrett Cole. And who is your favorite current Pirates broadcaster? This one is really close, actually. Um, uh, Greg Brown and Bob Walk were basically a, a percentage point away until the last day of voting. And then... Uh, Brownie ran away with it eventually in the end. He got 44% late surge. Maybe his friends and family got on the survey and pushed it over the edge. Uh, Bob Walk at uh, 37%. Joe Block, 9%. And uh, John Wayner, 9% as well. Um, who is your least favorite current Pirates broadcaster? Um, I got this question from our, our friend in Cincinnati, uh, Trent Rosecrans. And um, I, I don't know what I expected from this one. Um yeah, I'll just I'll just give the answer. So Joe Block got forty four percent was least favorite current. He's the he's the new guy on the block. Winner's been around seventeen years. Walk and Brown for twenty seven years. Uh, second least liked currently is uh, Wainer, followed by uh, Brownie, followed by Walk. I thought it was interesting that uh, Block and Brown 
both won a category and neither of them was last in the other category. They both got third place, I think, in the other one. You know, better to be loved than hated. I don't know. People have strong feelings. Uh, it's an interesting part, and I think some people thought it was unfair that I even included this in the whole thing. But I think these people are like in your homes for for so so regularly. You give so much of your time to these to watching these broadcasts, and people have strong feelings. So um, if you think it's unfair, um, I accept that. I think it's I think it's a a huge part of growing up with a team or being a fan of a team is the broadcast crew. And you can love someone for a year and hate them afterward. You can be upset by one thing they said. Or um, you can just love the way their voice sounds, and so um, so anyway, Especially I thought that in was baseball. interesting. It's it's so important in baseball to broadcasters. So I mean, it's not you know I try to think of like who's your favorite NFL broadcast. I don't know. I mean, hockey we have Mike Lang, and and, and but just with baseball, and I think a lot of that's because it was it was a radio centric sport for so right. long uh, with Rosie Rosewell and Bob Prince and you know Lanny for Terry. And of course, who can ever forget John Sanders? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, the voice is is just so important. So I don't think yeah. it uh, was an unfair question at all. I, th- I thought it was worthy of being included. Right. And if you know, if anyone thought that last question was innately unfair, the next one is rate the quality of the Pirates radio and TV broadcasts. And the majority of people were positive. Forty uh, percent of people gave it a four out of five. Uh, mm-hmm. Thirty-five were a three, saying it's sort of mediocre. Um, and uh, 8.8% said it was a five. So uh, in general, I do think they do a nice job on, on the radio. There's been a lot of um, turnover, it feels like, and especially with Steve Blass being replaced by a handful of, of uh, sort of uh, color analysts and that you'll see whenever baseball comes back. We'll see how that happens. Um, but I do think in general they have they have that you know sort of standout voice in Greg Brown, that highlight voice. And uh, some really experienced and good players around him. So, uh, and so moving on, are you a season ticket holder? Ninety-five percent of people said no, and again, a lot of people don't even live in town. So, how would you rate the game day experience at PNC Park? Resounding positivity here. We had forty-three percent of people gave it a four out of five. Thirty-six gave it a five out of five. I, I, uh, I agree. It's a great ballpark, right? And all right, yeah. If you could change one thing about the game day experience at PNC Park, what would it be? We had a handful of people saying no more wooing. We had other people saying what is wooing. And we had even two people who asked for, for more woos. And uh, if you listened to our last episode, you know what you know what the woo sounds like. I won't give it again. Uh, but I thought I thought it was interesting. A bunch of like very interesting um, – there was some definitely like old man uh, like – yelling at clouds type of things like ban let's ban all cell phones from the park because people don't watch the game they just play on their phones um, but there's other stuff with you know less noise um, better video board um, more craft brew selections cheaper tickets cheaper concessions um, so I don't know a bunch of bunch of thoughts there that I that I enjoyed and then we, we land on this one how do you feel about the woo the two options uh, interestingly whoever made this this uh, survey, uh, option one, I hate the woo. Option two, the woo is horrible. So, I mean, wow. And we had 53% of people hated the woo. And I know hate's a strong word, but, well, that's how we feel. And 46% said it's horrible. So, the woo, it's it's a it's a tough day, right? Tough day for the I woo. hate the woo. I'll come right out and say it. I don't hate a lot of things in life. I hate the woo. That's right. It's distracting. It's annoying. It's not very creative. <laughs> it's something that Cincinnati did first, so you know, fine. But yeah. Get okay, buzzing through a couple of more. 
who would be your pick for opening day starter in 2021? Tyone got 20, uh, 46%, followed by Musgrove at 21. Um, and yeah, who knows? Maybe that'll be the next game we, we even play. But Tyone, it'll be an interesting one to watch as we get to Cy Young down here. I'll just jump to that. Um, who is going to be their next Cy Young winner? No current Pirates pitcher got 35%. 34% were Mitch Keller, 19 were James and Tyone. Tyone, I think, is really a fascinating one because we don't have all that many starting pitchers, right, who have gone through two Tommy Johns. And for a two-time Tommy John guy to come back and win a Cy Young, I think, would uh, not only be unprecedented, some people would say it was probably impossible. So uh, that would be 20% of people believe that the um, the impossible is possible. So I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Let's, let's watch and see what happens. <laughs> and jumping back to who is going to be the Pirates next NL MVP? A little more positivity here. Uh, 28% said Brian Reynolds. 25% said Josh Bell. 23% said no current Pirates player will do that. I did want to shout out two people. Not only one, two people said Austin Hendrick, who if you haven't heard of that, it's because he's a kid who hasn't even been drafted yet. He's a West Allegheny High, um, you know, superstar kid. Who's going to be, a, I believe, a first-round pick. And three other people said that Josh Bell would win the MVP, but not for the Pirates. And the last one I want to give it a cap tip to is one person voted for Steele McCutcheon, who is two years old. But I'm sure we'll be good, right? The genetics are there, so yeah, I could see that. <laughs> okay, moving on. Who is the biggest rival? 46% of the Pirates, or Pirates fans said the Reds. 22 said the Cardinals. 14 said the Cubs. Which opposing player do you dislike the most? I'll be honest. I used the word hate, and then people got very upset at me. So I apologize. I hate myself <laughs> for saying that. Um, Ryan Braun, 19%. Jake Arrieta, 11%. Barry Bonds, 4%. Yadier Molina, 4%. And then Joey Votto and Pete Rose. Um, yeah, we got a bunch. We got 114 answers here. Some of them were managers. Some of them were umpires. You can guess who. We had Sid Bream, Francisco Cabrera, Aroldis Chapman, Derek Dietrich, all that. So uh, a lot of good stuff there. You can see the full results on the website. If you were commissioner for a day, what would you change? What would be your first change? This was resounding again. 50% of people um, wanted either a hard salary cap, a hard salary floor, or both. And I broke them down into who asked for exactly which one of those. But that was by far and away the more popular answer was saying, please fix this, the, the sort of the payroll structure across the league. There is more revenue sharing people asked for. Um, 6% of people wanted a universal DH. 4.6% of people wanted no DH. 3.6 people wrote in to say, force Bob Netting to sell the team. So there are actually a lot of really good ideas, and I sampled some of them um, <laughs> all the way from you know, how do, how do you get owners to have to sell? Uh, how do you demand that players show their stirrups? Uh, home run derby after 12 innings, reinstating Shoeless Joe and Pete Rose. Last one I really enjoyed. Make bat flips and pitcher celebrations required. MLB should be marketing its players more, and they should be allowed to show emotion and create excitement. I, I agree that they should be allowed to show emotion. I think it would be hilarious if you tried to make them show emotion. And you have somebody real stoic, and you're like, no, hey, you just punched out this guy with – you know, bases loaded and two outs. You must do something to show up the show up the opponent, or just like to get wild. I thought that was that was a great one. I'd love to see. Um, yeah, it's, I'd love to see. I'm trying to think of a really stoic player, but it would be it would be pretty funny to try to make them demand they get fired up. <laughs> okay, three more questions. Three more questions. Ban the DH. Fifty five percent of people said no. Do not ban the DH. Forty four percent of people. Forty five percent of people said yes. Ban the DH, so 
I like a lot of people know that phrase. It's actually a little bit confusing if you have not heard it. So majority of people are saying, uh, no, do not ban the DH. So they like it, but that doesn't mean they want it in both leagues. So it's, you know, is it a bad question? Yes, it's kind of a bad question. I'll admit. <laughs> uh, two, two more. How likely are the Pirates to reach the playoffs in the next five years? From one being very unlikely to five being very likely. Um, it was on the lower end, as you might expect, over the next five years. Uh, f- uh, 39% of people said it was a two. Uh, 24% of people said a one. And 22% of people said a three. So I think that's, I mean, no matter what kind of, what size of a rebuild you're talking about, it doesn't give you a whole lot of time to get back in, in the running. So I think that's probably a pretty realistic way to look at it. Yeah. And lastly, but not leastly, will the Pirates win a World Series in the 2020s? 86% of people said no, they won't. 13% of people said yes, they will. And if I would have had to pick a most popular year that it would happen, we're probably looking at like what, 2020? 6, 2027, maybe people would be hoping to be back on track and ready to win World Series. Um, there is, I think that's a pretty appropriate number. There's a little bit of optimism, a decent chunk, chunk of optimism that think it can happen. But most people say that, uh, yeah, it's just not going to happen for us this, this, this 10 years, this stretch and a uh, sad way to look at things. But hey, that's where we are today in a, in a baseball list world, right, Rob? Yeah, I think, you know, <laughs> will there even be a baseball season in 2025-26? That'll uh, be interesting to see and, and, and how people, whether they come back once this is, uh, once we're past this and how, how, how quickly they come back. And then we can wonder about how quickly the franchise will come back because there'll be, you know, effects on, on the team yeah. and the development of players. So boy, a lot of different variables in play with that question that we wouldn't have expected to be in that question. Just, you know, four months ago. <laughs> yeah. So I will save all these answers and we'll come back next, probably do it spring training next year and, uh, see how people feel. I, so much of the, so much of this, I think, and the life of being a fan depends on the recent past and what you saw most recently. And so, uh, the pessimism I think is understandable. And, um, you know, if they have a half a season this year and they're surprising, then I could see a lot more optimism next year. And, uh, you know, again, things as small as, things as small as having a draft and getting a pretty good pick can, can even turn some excitement around about prospects in, in the minor league system. So, hey, fun exercise. Thank you for everyone who got involved. If you didn't get a chance, you can do it next year. I'll be sure to spam your Twitters and, and everything, your athletic feeds. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate, uh, you all coming out and you listening to some of the results. I hope they got you entertained and that, uh, you'll tweet all your, all your very upset uh, responses at and myself and Rob. I have nothing further to add. <laughs> <laughs> I think the fans have spoken and I, you know, I, I was curious to see whenever you announced you were doing this uh, survey, I was really curious to see how the results would go for the most part. Yeah. They, they skewed the way exactly. I would have expected them to um, just based on what I've, you know, the interaction I've you know, cause you and I both have a lot of interaction with fans in person and, and through social media and whatnot. So it, the answers didn't shock me. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, people on Federal Street may not necessarily be happy with a lot of the answers uh, or, or the questions, but, you know, that's, it is what it is as, as a coach, another coach in another part of town says quite frequently. And, and, you know, 
we all just have to deal with it. Yeah. It depends on how you deal with it. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, if you, if you get upset by what your fans are saying, then like maybe you, maybe you have to do something to change their, their opinions. So, mm-hmm. so that's, that's how pirate fans feel today. And, and we'll see where, you know, how that changes. But we appreciate you guys tuning in. And we, I'm going to do it this time, Rob. This is my turn to go for it. And we will talk to you again later.